Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. (laughs) We are back. We're back and we're, we're doing this thing live and apparently Instagram has changed since we left. It certainly has. Yeah. Can we start by just taking a moment to congratulate Kelly, Frankie on a job well done. Um, Any, any sort of hearts or claps or whatever we do for that on your end, but she passed her uh, clinical exam like a boss because she's a badass and nobody ever questioned it but you know well I still am like I'm not sure if I have (laughs) like I've looked at the paper several times Um, (laughs) is it right there it says pass yeah yeah it does because you passed because you're a badass the moment from like the car sorry this testing site to the car I was like all right well I'm going to have to call Lauren and tell her I failed. I'm going to tell Tom I failed. I was like going through the list. Kevin, like, I was like, how am I, okay. And like the scenario twisting of like, what will they say in response to what I will say? It was just really. And then I look at the paper and it says pass. And I was like, oh, well, there goes all that wasted energy. I guess I don't have to tell them that I failed because I passed. Yeah. Like boss. So. so yay Kelly. Thank you. Yeah. Anyhow. Okay. So we're here to talk about real event OCD today. So far. Yeah. I think we have a fair amount of questions. Although I'm not seeing hold on, I need to make sure that I understand the new yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we have a, a lot of questions. A lot of people have questions about real event. Um do you want to have a stab at, at what we mean by real event OCD or? Wow. I feel really rusty on here. Like, <laughs> is that what we start? Yeah. Okay. No, that's okay. Really... Obviously me too. I mean, I, the last time I did one of these was with you. So, so real events OCD mm-hmm. would be something where there's an actual event mm-hmm. that has occurred and there's obsessive compulsive behavior around it. Mm-hmm. So an example would be somebody who, let's say, gets into a car accident mm-hmm. and they obsess over whatever reason for if they, I don't know, do you want to add in that one? Because I feel like there's so many variants of the car accident ones. Yeah. Well, and I think, 
I, I don't know that I necessarily have, I, I can't think of a specific around car accidents per se, but I think this is one of those subtypes that just basically has concentric circles with every other subtype, right? Because right. like, for instance, with HOCD, it's like, well, I actually did make out with so-and-so and like, I guess in my, in my case, because I identify as, as straight, um, if, you know, a, a woman who identified as a straight uh, made out with a woman, there might be some sense of like, well, am I, am I actually straight? Or did I say HOCD? Man, I am. I, am I, don't, I mean, I don't even know where we are right now. So who am I? Uh, what, what I meant with doing? sexual orientation OCD, gross, sorry for uh, using that outdated term. Um, yeah, you're not allowed to be imperfect, by the way. That's definitely not allowed, allowed on the show. Stop that. Okay, so. Um, so, but my point is that that might be fodder for the OCD to say, well, but this is legitimate. Look, you, you did something. This is this might suggest that, that your concerns are valid and uh, genuine, right? Right. And I guess me saying like with a car accident was one example of an event that can go into several, into all of yes. us, right? It could be like morally, did I do something incorrect? And um, did I, you know, did something, did someone actually get harmed, right? That's, an, that can be. Sure. Uh, what's totally. Another? Well, well, and I, I think that sort of playing off of that too, that uh, one of the things that I was thinking about is uh, as it relates to actual driving while drunk, for instance, right? Like you might drive while drunk, one might have in the past, and you might want to go back and try and figure out whether or not something bad happened while you were driving drunk, for instance. Yeah, I think trauma also gets wrapped around in this one. Mm -hmm. so yeah. It has like an actual trauma and then they have obsessions kind of being driven by it. So, yeah. Can you, is there an example that, that you can think of in that realm? Hmm. Not to put you on the spot, but I don't. I yeah, don't it might be a little close for me, but. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the tendency, yeah. To just sort of fear because traumas occurred to a person. Is this what you're saying? Like, yeah. So like if you've experienced very, you know, traumatic experiences and yeah. your obsession can kind of bubble from that and say like, yes. this really happened. Yeah. So you should obsess about this. It makes yep. sense. You should it just, it kind of reinforces the fear. Right. Because this is something that does really happen and could really happen again. And so there's danger there. Yeah. Gives it more credence in a way. Yeah. Uh, one of the other ways I think where I see it come up clinically is uh, from with POCD that there's this sense of, well, when I was a kid, I played doctor with another right. kid and therefore, you know, I, and that can, that can have a sexual orientation flair too of like, well, I it, see it a lot with POCD though. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. The sense of, I, well, but when I was changing a diaper once, right? Like right. This, I, 
grazed something and therefore and right. I, did, I may have liked it I don't remember I should probably go back and, and think about whether or not I liked it right yeah right I feel like we're missing a bunch but I well because it's it, I, I think the reason is because we could be here all day talking about oh, yeah I know but I feel like there's some that are right there that are easy grabs and I can't seem to get my thoughts together today but they'll come back to me that's because that's how we roll dude mm -hmm. it's Monday it's Monday fired uh, up it for sure is and I'm very intrigued by this whole new setup because it we don't have a did you notice we don't have a feed anymore like the the yeah I don't see the feed either I just see joined I think you can change. Like I could look at. Never mind. I'm so glad that you are all joining as I reintroduce myself to people on social media. <laughs> um. Anyway, so compulsions. But sorry, I'm also nope. reengaging. Oh, no. Yeah, please. So I was going to say with compulsions, there tends to be a lot of mental review like a lot of going over memories and trying to remember what you felt during the memory. That's so fun. I don't know why I'm laughing, but I just, uh, <laughs> I don't even know. Like that's the thing, like there's nothing that you said other than I've lost my sanity. I like it. That's good. That's good. Um, okay. My favorite is that I want to continually tilt this way so I can see your head. I mean, work. I don't even, but if I go any further away, I, I don't think I can hear you or you can't hear me. It's like, it's hello. Up. Hello. Okay. Okay. All right. Toodle. We got to get back on the rails. Reel it in. Reel it in. Uh, so yeah, a lot of, of mental review going back in time, trying to determine, did I do this thing? Or if I did something how do I feel about it? Or, and I think also checking, checking with people like, and, and I, what I mean by that is not necessarily, although it can take the form of, of seeking reassurance, but, but trying to watch people and see if they're doing okay. If you've done something that you think might have harmed them historically Yes, or even like with the POCD one, I've seen a lot where I've seen it a few times, which is basically a lot because if I've seen it a few times, then chances are it's a lot um, yeah. that they will go back and check on if we're going back to like, oh, did I change their diaper inappropriately? Right. They'll go back and look and try to find this person as an adult or an older child and see if they're mentally well, right? Yes. Yes. Or even the person they played doctor with when they were kids, they'll look back and try to go on Facebook or whatever and see if they've, they're li they're living like a quote unquote normal life. Totally. That's what I, I was actually thinking about checking social media. If you're not, if you don't have this person in your life anymore, that you right. might find yourself checking to make sure like, did I, you know, scar them for life or are they okay? And just to make sure, of course. Of course. Okay. So 
OCD meme says it sounds a lot like harm OCD. Yes, but that's because we're only talking about one particular flavor of real event. So this is part of the concentric circles. I feel like with the concentric circles, am I the only one who's still stuck on the concentric circles? No, no. I think everyone is. We just don't use that term. Yeah. You know, totally. Yeah. Um, I think of it like a flower, like the flower that you drew as kids. This is the real event OCD. And then the Venn diagrams keep like circling around. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like harm, relationship, POCD, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the way around. Mm-hmm. And moral script. I'm gonna just throw it out. Yes, moral script. Uh, if you have a question, please uh, click on the question box to, or the the question mark right to the right of the comment section so that you can ask a question there and then we will address them. Right. Yes. Not the add comment bar. I don't know. Is No, does it say add comment? Maybe it says add comment. On mine, it's a question mark. What time is it? I don't even know. <laughs> That's my name. I don't, I don't know what my name is. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lauren. I could be wrong. Okay. Oh, no, you're right. Okay. Good job. So, sound familiar? Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's try to give an example maybe of the, like a, a car accident. Well, that's harm. So let's do one that's not harm as an example. Do you think a fair amount of them are harm related though? I mean, I haven't necessarily given this mm. a lot of thought, but. I could see moral stuff getting wrapped. Yeah. Which definitely. is. A- but there's a lot of emotional harm in the moral stuff, right? Right. It's just, we're all, we're splitting hairs. Totally. So let's do, let's do the example of the, the car accident. So, uh, like you were saying, so somebody's in a car accident and. Right. Maybe they're speeding. Right. And maybe somebody, and maybe it was just for sake of making OCD very elaborate. Let's say that it was, you know, very minimal. It was marginal. It's like a few miles over the speed limit. Mm -hmm. And somebody gets injured or you know has they die whatever it is yeah okay i mean it's monday let's just go right right into it man boom so i don't even feel like i have the ability to like monitor myself anymore because i'm in ocd work we're so habituated to like really extreme realities that when I say things in public sometimes, which isn't ever because we don't have public anymore. What's up? Um, but, but when it does happen, I'm like, oh, did I just scar everyone for life? Probably. That's the answer. Anyways, so let's say someone's going a little over the speed limit, somebody gets hurt, and then their obsession now is, did I do, you know, policing themselves, basically, right? Right. Um, making sure that they are exactly in the speed limit or not even driving at all. But their obsession is because I did this, I'm capable of doing that again. Right. And I I think there's a lot of, can I let myself off the hook? Yeah. There's this piece. subtype is, and I don't mean it in that we don't learn from an event because of course we do, but this tendency to want to, go over and over and over it and not wanting to let it go because 
you actually, in, in the event that you actually did something wrong, right? Like, let's just say, to your point, somebody is speeding and hits a person and harms that person, right? That there was something wrong done there. But I, I think that the tendency, the, the problem with OCD is that the tendency is to want to resolve that thing by thinking about it or doing certain things in the aftermath or even excessively asking for reassurance that everything's going to be okay. And I think those things don't take away the fact that the event occurred. Right? Yeah. And somebody just said, you feel like you don't deserve, you don't deserve to let it go. Yeah, absolutely. But I also, and I also believe there are certain obsessions where there isn't, there is no need to feel bad. Like playing doctor as a kid is a normal child development stage and no one should let themselves off the hook on that one. That's just called being human. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I think when we see like, you know, perhaps more the ones that have like the tons of guilt and not that Mm -hmm. they don't have shame, they all have shame, but lots of guilt and shame. Yeah. It's probably because there was something that maybe, you know, it was congruent. There needed to be some type of, you know, autocorrect. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, totally uh, reflection and, and change around it. Something to learn change. from it. Right. And usually the, the um, punishment doesn't fit the crime, but you definitely see where it's like very mild thing where that's where I was trying to say, like, if you were going like two miles over the speed limit and someone got hurt, OCD could easily just grab that and be like, this is all your fault. When in reality, it could have just been that that person like did this for a second and maybe their fault. Right. Right. But it was a real event that occurred and OCD will find a fault in something. Yeah. But one thing that's really common with this subtype, I think sort of building off of your point is the worry that it's, well, this is with all forms of OCD, that it's not OCD because you actually did something, right? right. The, the fear is, well, but there's, there's something legitimate here. So maybe it's not OCD. Maybe, maybe it's just that I'm a terrible person and I need to beat up on myself for the rest of my life because of X, Y, or Z. And to your point, it's not always a terrible person because there are plenty of things that aren't terrible that people you know, like, for instance, the, the um, example that I started off with, like, if you make out with somebody who's of the, this is such a hard thing to say, the but opposite uh, sexual orientation, right, who's opposite to what you, what you identify, yeah, you get what I'm saying. If there are any questions, please feel free to, to ask. Right. So, there are plenty of things that don't require any sort of atoning, but I, I think that there are the, there are plenty of things where where people say this isn't really OCD because this thing actually happened. I'm obsessing about a real event, but that doesn't actually change the fact that it's OCD because it's the excessive thinking, really the stickiness of the thoughts and the rumination related to the thoughts or the actions taken. Like I can imagine somebody to your point with the driving, not getting back in a car because it's like, well, I can't be trusted behind the wheel. I can't be trusted. 
Right. It's yeah. have the meaning you've interpreted for yourself. Yeah. Your identity. Um, also lying on a job application, right? Like that's, you yeah. did lie. Right. Right. But does it require for the next five years of your life to obsess over that lie and whether or not how far you've come in your career is now a reflection of your fraudulent action? Right. And I think that the, uh, in terms of compulsions in that realm, the, the desire to compulsively confess becomes really uh, tempting. Um, I, I actually think that this came up a lot around the uh, publici the publicized, uh, publicized nature of, of what? Um, college admissions stuff. This, the college admissions yes. scandals, the scandals a lot of people I don't, I, were triggered by this idea that maybe they overstated something in their application. Maybe they didn't deserve to get into college because of the people who got caught, who, you know, blatantly lying about things to get into college. Right. Exactly. Whenever there's like a, a, some type of current event that goes on that gets tons of publicity, I feel like our phones ring a little more. It's like yeah. if there's a school shooting or if there's something like that, like it's just, yeah. No, race I, yourselves. Have you, have you heard a lot about the Elon Musk stuff and the living in a, um, a simulation? That one's been I feel like I've heard. A I haven't of heard it because I've been so disconnected with the test stuff. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So, what else? Anything else? Um, I, I saw somebody say false memory stuff. False memory stuff. Um, that that's sort of like a separate. Yeah, I think just briefly though. Um, yeah it's just false memory stuff I think of it more as like you have obsessed to the point of making it so bored that right that can't recall the truth right well I think that that happens a lot through compulsive mental review that yeah. you that the the memory you can you can no longer tell whether or not it occurred yeah but it doesn't, it's not exclusive to this obsession. It's literally all of them. You can have false memory stuff. Yes. And sometimes people have, get caught in, well, what if this thought that popped into my head actually happened, which may have nothing to do with actually reviewing. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting so, a new platform. What's that? I'm getting used to the new platform. I'm like oh, looking sure. through. <laughs> I'm like trying to keep it. Trying to figure oh. out also why my head is cut off. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So what so, have we done? Questions? Should we do questions? Yeah, let's do it. Unless we have any other uh, compulsions. No? Okay. All right. Thanks for your patience, people, while we get ourselves back in the game. Yeah, we're getting back in the game all right. I gotta find my glasses because I can't see that far and I'm old. Aha. What is an example of a value we can go back to in REOCD? Um, so 
OCD memes, I think you're still here. If you could elaborate, I think my thought in terms of going back to values is that usually we're looking to go back to what's important to us, which is sort of independent of the, the OCD itself, right? Like, so um, refocusing on something that I care about, like if I value compassion, for instance, and I'm getting caught up in um, a worry that I'm a bad person because of this thing that happened historically, then refocusing my attention on the thing that I care about is the expression of, is just turning back toward compassion, whether toward myself or others. I wanted to learn about how acceptance and commitment therapy is used in REOCD. So what I, what I would suggest, I guess what I'm saying is that the values are independent of real event OCD. And with any sort of OCD, if you are performing compulsions, the idea with values is that they offer something else to put your attention back on that matters to you, that leads to the cultivation of a meaningful life. So if you want to review that memory one more time, or you could make a phone call to a family member that you haven't talked to in a while that you've been meaning to call, that that would be a way for your values to dictate your behaviors rather than compulsivity to dictate your behaviors. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. For a second, I thought you were asking that person. I was like, I don't know if they just never mind. Just my brain glitched. It's okay. My brain. Yes. My brain glitches all I, the time. Yeah. Phone call indeed. Yes, exactly. Um, and just a reminder that if you have questions, throw them in that little question mark box situation so that we can answer them or at least attempt to. Any add-ons before we... I was just going to say, you can oftentimes just check yourself with values when you've done the compulsive behavior. I mean, it's really what you've already said, just in a different light is just saying, okay, well, you know, I really do have to drive the car because I have to go pick up my daughter because obviously I want her to be home and not stranded on the street somewhere. So I'm going to get in the car, right? No, totally. That's a more simple version of the values. No, and I, I think what you're speaking to is recognizing where your compulsions are directly conflicting with a valued life as mm-hmm. opposed to mine, which was, I think, a little bit more uh, esoteric, maybe. So, well, they're so. both the same, but yeah, micro and macro. Fair. Yeah. All right. Shall we next question? We shall. Oh, no. This is the second part of the question. Oh, my oh, dear. Okay. The first part of the question I'm going to, I'm going to tell you now is how to overcome mental checking compulsions. For example, making sure you feel disgusted and have no doubt that you feel morally wrong about what happened. Okay. Wait, say that again. I'm confused because I'm reading the question and I'm listening. Okay. Don't read the question. I'm just going to read it right the way through. Do it. How to overcome mental checking compulsions, for example, making sure you feel disgusted and have no doubt that you feel morally wrong about what happened. Um, So I think that basically, do you get that? This is just how to overcome that. Yeah. Overcome mental rumination. 
I think that that's the idea. And in this case, specifically about checking to make sure that you had a certain feeling during a real event, kind of like the the diaper changing example I gave before, like, oh, I didn't feel excited. Well, we did, I think we forgot to do exposures for this. Oh no, you're so But Because right. I was just gonna say, <laughs> oh no. Because oh, no. this is, uh, here is a perfect example of where I would say, well, actually we want you to feel that feeling as your exposure. We want you to feel like it's not, we want you to feel morally incongruent. That's your exposure. Well, right. And, and that if you, I, the, ex, the exposure may be to the, the uncertainty getting kicked up, you know, like just something that kicks up the, I don't know how I feel about this thing. Right. Right. But if you're doing mental review, I guess, and you're trying to get it to, to where they said, what was it morally? I want to use their language, but yep. It's, um, and make sure you feel disgusted and have no doubt that you feel morally wrong about what happened. Right. But yeah. Well, as an intervention there, possibly when someone says like, oh, I need to make sure I didn't feel, or that I do feel disgusted is saying, well, how about we just, we didn't imagine a bunch of times and then you won't feel disgusted the whole time because you'll just get bitchy. Right. Cause you'll get used to it. And then you could get backed or spiked by that and be like, oh my God, I right. do. Right. But if I don't feel totally disgusted as this person is saying, and then we're going to go like, yeah, maybe I don't, maybe I don't feel disgusted, but I'm not going to figure that out. I'm not going to try and figure out whether right. or not I'm disgusted enough. I'm just going to accept that maybe I don't feel disgusted enough. And also it's important just to add in here, which I saw this, it reminded me of a recent um, client, but it's just to say, if you cannot resist or you're not willing to resist a compulsion after you've done an exposure, chances are it's probably too hard of an exposure. And we just have to reformulate it because it's really crucial that we aren't going to engage in compulsive behavior like rumination, which is a common one and often overlooked. And um, especially when you're new at the exposure game, yeah, to recognize we're going to then sit in that uncertainty and not mentally Right. Because if you do that, then it's just as good as being triggered and doing a compulsion. Maybe even stronger, right? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, Well, we don't know. But point is, is don't do that. (laughs) Stop doing that. Stop it. Easier said than done sometimes, but I know. Muy importante. Let's see. How to deal with what if thoughts associated with this type? It's more scary because you have done something. Right. So how to deal with them, meaning how to do, how to, how to do them, how to live with them. Yeah. (laughs) How to do those suckers. I mean, that's, that's the big question, isn't it? It is. I, I think it, here's the thing. OCD. You guys ready? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Don't, don't miss this. <laughs> oh no. So it's, it, it, OCD is just as scary to everybody. It doesn't matter the subtype. So, um, 
everyone thinks that the type that they have is the most scary because it's their type. It's the thing that's connected to what's scariest to them and what's most important to them potentially. So I, I think that I just want to throw that out there because, but I understand the idea that it feels perhaps in a moment more legitimate and therefore more scary to drop or potentially so because of its legitimacy because it actually happened. Is that what we're kind of talking about? Yeah. I mean, unless there's trauma involved and then it makes things obviously far more complex. Right. In terms of uh, their reactivity to it because you can go into dissociation and all that stuff. But yes, you're absolutely right. And that's so well said is that everyone thinks theirs is the worst or that theirs is unique. Yeah. Yeah. But I think ultimately the choice to drop compulsions is pretty straightforward. uh, the what if thoughts the way we want to deal with them is the the same is to accept uncertainty is to say like I really I maybe I am a bad person I feel like that one comes up a lot with real event yeah if you think of like um someone tracking say like what if thoughts for the week it's like early stage treatment yeah. and they're writing down all their what ifs they come in I'm like okay well now we're gonna put them into not what ifs we're gonna put them into facts right we're gonna yeah. say um, I did lie, right? I did do these things or I did speed and I did harm somebody. It's, I think what Lauren's trying to say is like, that is just as scary as somebody who has created this reality. And because the reason being is the part of your brain that is firing off is the same part that the other person who hasn't really experienced having that false reaction, except, you know, Yours is just going off around that content. Um, right. So it's not that we're trying to like say, okay, we're not trying to get you to do the exposure. Like what if I go in my car and I speed and I hurt somebody versus somebody who's actually done it? Like what if I do it again? Saying, so, well, we're not trying to get you to buy the thought. We're trying to get you to just live in the uncertainty of it happening again or that it, you know, that it did or didn't happen for somebody who doesn't have a real event. Right. Well, I think it's a good point that you're making too, is that the fear with real event is actually still about the future to some degree. Right. Of course. Of course. Because it's like, what if it happens again? Or what if the thing that I did scars somebody for life and they're never able to find happiness, right? Like it's still, it's still this thing that's in the future. Or a reflection of person, of self. Yes. Yeah. And that I'm never able to forgive myself and that I have to live in this constant state of, of reflection. Reflection is the wrong term, but rumination right. around the, the event. I think it's a line that I like to draw, actually, with real event OCD, is that there's a difference between rumination and reflection. I think I actually... Mm have a post coming up about this but um but the, just the idea that that it makes sense to briefly look at something that's happened that you think you could have done better right and gently do it gently sorry 
<laughs> gently and loosely do inventory himself kindly with compassion like, yeah like not <laughs> oh my god i have to fix this right now right. i'm the worst person that ever lived um but to recognize okay like there's something that i did and I'd, I'd like to do it differently next time and this is how i might do it and then to to drop right. yeah yeah and exactly reflection is a one productive one time uh, is one yeah, I, I think that's a one-time act, though. It's yeah. productive if it's done once, if that's what you mean. Yeah. Anyway. Agreed. Shall I, shall I go to another question? Yes. yes. Um, let's type of OCD does excessive hand washing and cleaning fall under that's more of the contamination uh, element which we we did one um already on contamination right didn't we mm -hmm. um i think that this is just a general question but I, it speaks to this the how do you sit with intrusive thoughts it's so hard I think it's just everything we already said, right? Yeah, like, I guess so. No, that's a really good point. It's just with it without engaging with it or allowing ourselves to feel the scary feeling or the disgust or the lack of disgust, whatever is there in the present moment without judgment, drop it like it's hot. Yeah, well, and I, I think actually to recognize that we're not, we're accepting the presence of the intrusive thoughts, but we're not we're not engaging them. And that's, that's the thing is, it's not so much about sitting with the thoughts, it's allowing them to be there, sure, but we're not perpetuating them through the process of rumination. Right. So, we're not entertaining them. Right. They're just like words that float across our mental landscape. I don't know why they make this motion. They do. Different. Or they're like, pow, and then you go, bam. <laughs> I love how mine was just like, I'm done. Um, yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, it's just, it sounds something like this. Okay, let me see if I can reenact OCD. Oh my God, I'm so excited. Wait, can we do a like a- No, no, now it's not going to be good. No. <laughs> yeah, 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 we can do it. Okay. okay, so your brain and I'm, you're you and I'm OCD. Yeah, perfect. Oh my God, okay. I can't wait. So, Lauren- Yes, OCD. <laughs> yes, God. Um, <laughs> what if when you killed that person last week? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Why did I kill somebody? Please take it down a notch. Please, Kelly. Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> what if last week when you, um, you know, rear-ended that person, let's say? Mm -hmm that you do that again because you can't be trusted obviously because you go over the speed limit what's wrong with you what are you gonna do how are you gonna handle that how are you gonna prevent okay. it so i'm i'm having uh thank you ocd for for that um that worry thought about don't worry i have far more to come <laughs> you're so rest you're so assured. Good with that i know you do um so you know, thanks for, for bringing up that point about whether or not I might rear end somebody, uh, 
in the future. That's, that's, um, I, and, and then to notice, okay, so you notice the thought, right? That's what I just did. And then, oh, wow, I, I feel anxious. And what is it like in my body to feel anxious right now? I feel, so I'm basically dropped out of the content and into the emotional experience of anxiety and sort of well, identify the reality, right? Like what's what, going on here and now, the real. Right, exactly. I probably should have said something to the effect of like, I really don't know what's going to happen in the future. Right. That, that addresses the uncertainty, the unknown that comes with that, that then, thought that you just well, presented. Yeah. And then OCD says, well, to see that feeling, that anxiety feeling you have, mm-hmm. that's, that's not good. We can't. Right. Well, no. well and that, that means that it that, means it's real. It's real. You, you need to figure this out. And I, my response is, well, I, I really don't know what, what it means or if my anxiety means anything. Maybe it does mean that it's real and that I should really pay attention. But instead. It does. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you because that's OCD. It does. <laughs> because this is, why, this is why you did the thing. I told you you were a bad person this whole time. You should have listened to me. Damn it. Maybe I am a bad person, OCD. Maybe I am. Um, but <clears throat> no offense. I like I gotta get to feeling my feelings. So yeah. you, you can keep talking. I'm not gonna interact with you though, because okay. I gotta I gotta like figure out how it feels to be anxious. But please continue to tell me about how bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Um and then and then Lauren, here I am like, oh, well, how does it feel to be anxious right now? And right now it feels like um, heart racing, my heart. And I I am much more aware of my heartbeat and there's a lump in my throat. And um, I feel a little like queasiness, like a light queasiness in my stomach, for instance. Probably because you're going to go kill somebody. Oh, that's probably why. Um, good point, OCD. And let me just breathe in to all of this uncomfortable right now. Let me make space for the fact that this is deeply, deeply uncomfortable. And that maybe I, maybe I will do something again. Maybe I am a bad person for what's come historically, but like, I've already, I've already made the choice as to how I am navigating this. I've already decided. Thanks. Nailed it. I've already decided. The decision has been made. I've already decided. That's where it's it's okay to go through it one time, right? Like you can walk through it and say, "All right, well, how how does it make sense to navigate this?" And we we teach cognitive restructuring to go through once and say like, and that's where the reflection can maybe come in. Sometimes I'll lead people in that in sessions. I'm sure you do too. Where it's like. (laughs) like a kind reflection of like, okay, well, is there something to be taken from this? Great. But don't keep going over what you have to take from this moment because that's just. I tell them to check it at the door. (laughs) Check it at the door. Bam. Get aggressive. Um, But also just to know too, like when you're early on or when you're having a huge spike, it can feel like you can't even get through what Lauren was saying. It can feel not even just feel it. What's happening is that 
OCD is just like, man, 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 but what about this? What is it? And you're just on the feeling, part. you're just acknowledging that it's there. And it's like, well, what if this, and what if that, and then what, and then what are you going to do? And then what's this? And so it's going to feel very erratic and exhausting and you're redirecting and coming back, and coming back, but don't give up. No, no, don't give up. Near. And I, I think it's okay also to put OCD in its place. And, and I kind of did, but I also think you can just put your foot down and be like, give me a minute. Okay. I'm in the middle of just <laughs> trying. To... <laughs> I'm just trying to deal with your friend over here. Okay. Right. Like, right. Wait your turn, <laughs> please. Uh, yeah. For real. No, okay. absolutely. All right. Should I, should I go to another question? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Mon is staring at me, judging me. She's just staring, like really rude. Uh, she, well, she is rude, but she's cute AF. <laughs> now she's asleep, sitting up. Anyways, go ahead. It's done. She's like, uh, um, thank you, Terry. That's very sweet. Um, thank you. Advice for when OCD takes normal events and twists them. Example, I wanted to hurt somebody. Oh, yes, 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 mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, um, what? so this could be like if you're, you're mad at your child because they're assholes. Kids are a-hole. They're the worst, man. <laughs> like, I love my child, but my God, does she know how to get me to the brink of absolute insanity with just... Yeah. Yeah. Like I did all the things. I did all the things. I did the, the things that you're supposed to do. I validated you, and you're still an a-hole. Okay. <laughs> so now you feel mad. Now you're now you're angry. Yeah. Right. Oh, yep. OCD loves that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's like you know what? You want to hurt her. Yeah, I do. I do want to hurt her because she's absolutely bananas, and I tried everything to get her to stop crying. So it's natural for your brain to be like, we'll just shake her. <laughs> it's problem solving. Your brain is problem solving. And right. Like you've done all the rational. Maybe my example is very extreme, but. No, I like your example, actually. Okay, good. Point being, um, it can actually be egocentric in that moment. Doesn't mean you're going to act on it. Right. I don't shake my child. I just like, ah, or, yeah. I, or I scream, right? And then, or I get mad. Like I really, I, I don't do it a lot, but I will raise my voice and I lose control in the sense of like not lining with my values. Cause how is me yelling actually going to solve, you know, a five-year-old's tantrum? It's I've escalated. Yeah. But that's a real event that's occurred. It, it could bother me and I could obsess over it. And I certainly have in the past. Like about but, the fact that you felt mad. Right. That I felt yeah. mad. And that the event occurred that was really not okay and not okay event. Um, but it's just, it's reacting to the same way you would with any other um, OCD thoughts. Right. Right. Yeah. So wait, I'm confused though. Sorry, I'm a little thick today. No, uh, said it wrong. So, no, no, no. You didn't say it wrong. I don't think. But uh, it is the event. Is the real event that you yelled? Yes. That also. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. As, a, as an example, right? Yeah, like yeah. The real event is. I yelled. I lost my cool. 
that wasn't cool, man. Wasn't good. <laughs> it didn't solve cool. the problem. And what if, but but what if I actually wanted to like because it feels good. It right. feels good to yell too. Right. right Don't right. forget, anger feels good when it's right. Hey, right. everybody. Yeah. And and so and I think to also accept that that right like that there's a the piece of it that feels kind of satisfying like yeah. maybe but I think OCD then goes like but what if you're a sociopath because you yelled and or because you wanted to yell because you enjoyed yelling right right and that's when we go okay thank you for your input right like what Lauren <laughs> was doing earlier is saying there is no amount of mental rumination or you engaging with that narrative that is going to get you clearer to this this answer that you're looking for there isn't an answer and there's no certainty no nope. right none of that exists so rumination nope. is absolutely useless in every scenario yes agreed absolutely it's just being in the present anything with a story is unhelpful yep yep absolutely burn the books <laughs> I'm kidding. One thing that I wanted to add, this is a little bit of uh, off topic from, from this, but is where relationship OCD and real event can, can sometimes coexist. Um, Like around, Oh, well we had an argument, right? Like we had an argument and it's more of the, like being on the other side of it. Like, Oh, well he didn't, um, say the right thing or he was mean or he he didn't validate you he didn't validate me right and maybe he didn't maybe he didn't validate you right but just it's you're the, talking about the, our relationship aren't you oh yeah you didn't validate me kelly okay <laughs> sorry no but like that it's that this real event can happen it's also some of the real event ocd uh comes in where it's like that the idea that this event needs attention, right? Like, well, this is something real though, right? Like he didn't validate me or we did get into a fight. Maybe this means that I'm in the wrong relationship. It's like, it's not the event itself. It's the idea that you have to resolve the event. If, did I say that? Does it make sense? Yeah, I think the same is true. I don't think it's off topic at all of what I'm saying. I think it's actually exactly what I am saying. It's just yeah. different context, which is good to hear is that, you know, you don't, um, it's like, well, at what point do you consider like that you have an anger problem or that you're getting out of your window of tolerance and can't, you know, you don't want to be yelling all the time. Right. Like, right. so it's going back to values. Right. Right. But this is where OCD gets tricky to your point. Well, of course. Like, you're going to ignore it, though. You do have an anger problem. <laughs> and, and if you don't think about it, right, like, if you don't do the compulsion, then right. you're going to slip into getting lost in. Right. Yeah. As we gently reflect. This is gentle <laughs> reflection. not. <laughs> and we're saying, okay, so maybe if this becomes a very consistent ongoing pattern where I become dysregulated or this person continues to invalidate me, then I might take necessary action. Because quite honestly, I think that that's appropriate, right? But to right. do it gently, yes. I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, absolutely. Like if I yell at somebody, I am going to reflect on it. And whether, like, what I could, how I could have navigated that differently next time. But 
Right. Or if someone invalidates you or yells at you, you're going to think, what the hell is wrong with them? Like, <laughs> and you should probably address that, right? Like you, if, if you, maybe not every yeah, single some time somebody can, invalidates yeah. you, right? Like, some people can happens. have a bad day or yeah. they miss the, the bar there, but right. yeah, I yeah. think it's the pattern. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Let's see. Next question. Um, this is actually a good question. Um, I'm going to keep scrolling because I, th I, I think we can continue to look for another question too, but do the therapeutic effects of ERP generalize across different themes or content? The answer from my end is yes. I, think I so. didn't hear it because my sound cut out for some reason. Oh, no. So do the therapeutic effects of ERP generalize across different themes or content? Oh, and you said they do. I think so. I because I, I think that personally the the aim of ERP is to help you learn how to disengage from compulsions, and that's not specific to a particular content area. Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly primes you, and you understand the concept better. But you can still get triggered by new content, and right, exactly. But if you've done yeah. ERP, then you know the the, the general gist of. Yeah. Um, oh, no, wait a second. Sorry. I didn't mean to click on this one. Um, although I, what I was going to say is, oh, shoot, where did it go? Damn it. I don't know which, okay, well, this is fine. I don't know how to accept move on from a past action and we can't give direct advice to be clear. Right. Cause this isn't therapy or, or replacement. replacement or therapy. Good this job. Is education purposes only. only for education purposes. Um, but I, I, I think ultimately, I, I think we've actually probably answered this. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I'm not good at the question being the, the question. I'm not either. Don't, don't. Um, the questions are, Where is that one? Can real event OCD? Yes. And so somebody asked if real event OCD can piggyback on other themes like POCD, sexual orientation OCD, harm OCD. Yes. And the, the same thing goes, right? Like it, the, because it says advice and while we can't give direct advice, I think the reality is we, we treat them all the same. Right. right. Real or unreal. Yep. And remember, sometimes people's what if thoughts do come true. Right. Right. So forget sure. that. Yep. So how to tell the difference between false memories and real events? I think the answer is that we don't. We don't know for sure. Right? Right. So they're asking, they're asking um how to tell the difference it sounds a little bit more like we're getting into certainty territory <laughs> exactly <laughs> right it's like well and also there's obviously then some part of like false memory going on if you're unclear of it like that unclear that you're asking right right and so but ultimately the answer is we can't know and we don't need yeah. to so 
it's uncomfortable. But if you find yourself constantly trying to figure out whether or not something happened, probably not going to figure it out by looking in your mind. I thought that this was a, a good question, um, dealing with the intense guilt associated with real event OCD. Uh, exposure to it as well. I think a lot of the, I mean, there's lots of ways, but one is obviously self-compassion. I assume we can get into that, but whenever we're doing exposures and we're using a SUD scale, it stands for subjective units of distress. So that means any distressing feeling or emotion, it's allowing it to be there and you're kind of exposing yourself to it over and over and over again until it yeah. kind of loses its power without buying into the narrative, without doing compulsions with all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. You learn to make friends with it essentially yeah. through the process. And I think that actually real event OCD often deals in guilt more than anxiety, or at least a combination of the two. I think so too. But, and it's about learning how to be in the presence of guilt without letting it, I think sort of, I'm just reiterating what Kelly said, without trying to resolve it. Sometimes we feel guilt and sometimes we can't resolve it, right? Like sometimes for one reason or another, you can't, you know, obviously you can't change the thing that happened and, and sometimes there's nothing to be done about it, right? Like sometimes if, um, for instance, you play doctor with somebody, right? Like there's nothing to resolve. You may still feel guilt about it somehow, like there was something wrong with that or that you were somehow secretly a pedophile because you were, you know, as a young child yourself also, like intrigued sexually by young ch children, even though it's age appropriate, right? Like that there might be a sense that you did something wrong. Right. And there's nothing to do. There's nothing to fix. You just have to accept the fact that you feel guilty and make space for that feeling in the very same way that we were talking about when you were playing OCD and I was playing me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also just saying, checking um, not checking, sorry, is saying like, does the intensity of the guilt match the facts of the reality? Right. It's right. so over-exaggerated. Right. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Agree. Okay. I feel like I'm, we're just saying the same stuff now. I agree. Um, can OCD, I don't understand make you take a radical subjectivist position of the real world. I'm so sorry. I think this is probably my own limitations. I'm not sure that I understand radical subjectivist. Do you, Kelly? Radical subjectiveness. So just being like very... Like that everything is subject subjective? Maybe that's what they mean. Yeah, I just very much... But that's true for... Well... I don't know what the question's asking. Really, either. Oh. Sorry, I think my battery was being special. It's okay. We're probably running out of time, huh? We probably are. Um, ooh, after being diagnosed with OCD, what can help with accepting that? Sometimes I get caught up in worrying. So that's more of a general OCD question. Um, 
Oh, this is the one that I meant to click on before. Okay. How wait. do you do ERP for a fear that I did something horrible <laughs> in a real event? I think this is a good question um, in terms of like, how do I do exposure to a real event? And I think a lot of it is in, in trying to um, bring up the memory, right? Like on purpose, because I think we tend to try to avoid thinking about the, the real event um, or being reminded of the real event. So trying to bring that up on purpose without trying to ruminate or do anything to, to resolve the real event. Right. Taking the bulls bull by the horns and not being like this passive spectator of it or victim to it. It's like, you're like, okay, I'm just going to go in and we're going to just, we're going to think about it. Yeah. But in, well, or have thoughts about it anyway. Right. Have thoughts about it. Not think as in rumination. It's such a tricky one, isn't it? But right. I think like, like having little, sometimes I'll do this with uh, all sorts of forms of OCDs have like post-its around that are blank, right? Like just remember, remember to think about the thing that you don't want to think about. Right. Like have the thought. Obsessing on obsessing. Um, totally. Yep. Oh, Look who decided. Hi, Maud. Um, there's so they said, but would that trigger false memory? Sure. But the false memories we're saying, we we're not saying ruminate, right? But also, not, the false memory might come up to which right. you still drop it and you go, Oh, there's that one, let me just right sit for that one, allow that one to be here. I think with any exposure, we're just trying to trigger the what if thought, we're trying to trigger the worry that's associated with that thing so that we learn how to be in the presence of that worry without doing compulsions. Yeah, if false memory gets triggered, great. That's fantastic news, because now we're doing that exposure. Yeah, yep, totally. Um, okay, I think we are running out of time, aren't we? I don't know, I'm worried that it's gonna, this new format is gonna. Yeah, it is, it's, it, uh, I don't know exactly when we started, but it's got to be close. Close. Should we call it so that we don't get cut off? Yeah. I don't want us to get cut off and lose it. So we will post this as with the rest. Thank you for joining us, guys. Thank you. And, um, we'll see. We've missed. You. We've missed you all. We have. We've missed you all, and and I've missed our time together talking about OCD. Okay, Thanks. guys. Okay. Bye. Adios. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.